Hello and welcome to Six Figure Souls, doing good and making money. This is a very special season seven, highlighting my co-authors for our new collaborative book project, The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Successful Soul Professional, 20 Full Powerful Strategies for the Soul-Aligned Entrepreneur. I am your host, Camille Miller, pioneer for the soul professional movement and lead author for this book. Today, we are interviewing Dr. Sharana Satcher, she is with us and a co-author of the book, and I'm so excited to have you with us. So thank you for joining us. Yay! So I want to deep dive into your background. You have an MD, so uh, we're an MD doctor here, but you, you practice functional medicine. Mm -hmm. It's probably changed since you went to medical school and started your practice and where you are today. So can you give us a little bit of that journey? And then we'll talk about um, where you came from there. Okay. So when I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, I thought I wanted to be a nurse because that's okay. what I thought girls were yep. supposed to be nurses and boys were supposed to be doctors. But I have an uncle who's a doctor. And my dad, who's his brother, said, well, you could be a doctor if you wanted to be a doctor. Like, that's a possibility. And so then I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so then um, in high school, I was like still wavering between engineering and medicine. Um, and so I chose schools kind of based on that. But I mm -hmm. ended up uh, majoring in biology. And then I went to medical school at Meharry in Nashville, Tennessee. And then I did internal medicine in Boston at one of the Harvard hospitals. And I did physical medicine and rehab in Chicago at Loyola. Okay. And while I was at Chicago in academic medicine, I started teaching residents and uh, medical students, nurses, physical therapists, all kinds of people in that role. But um, the medical students and the residents started becoming interested in what I was learning about nutrition, and learning alternative ways of treating pain. Um, and so that's how I ended up going in a direction of integrative and functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And for and that was in your residency? So that was when I was working as an attending. I started okay. the residents and the medical students and okay. all. Okay, but very early in your career. Yeah, I mean, that was probably, yeah, that was over 20 years ago. And I stayed, I stayed in conventional medicine parallel to the functional medicine for a long time. Yeah. Now, now I'm full-time doing functional and integrative medicine. So. Okay. In a private practice? In a private practice, a private. virtual. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Oh, it's virtual too. So mm -hmm. my first question now is... What do you feel is the biggest difference between functional medicine and traditional Western medicine? So in Western medicine, we're trained to first make the diagnosis pretty quickly um, with what information or data we have and then prescribe a medication or a surgery or some kind of intervention or a device. Um, and in functional medicine, we look at root cause yeah. Um, and integrative medicine also. So we're looking for, you know, is there a deficiency, a toxicity, a sensitivity? Um, is there some lifestyle factor that's affecting people? And how can we change that so the person can get better and possibly reverse their disease instead of having a chronic disease? 
Mm-hmm. That's, that's incredible too. I, I, I'm a big believer in root cross, right? Uh, I even like naturopathic medicine. I've, I, um, I've read a lot about functional medicine. Um, I studied nutrition for a long time just because I realized that everything I was putting in my body is reacting somewhere else. And now as I've grown over and now that I work in entrepreneurship, I'm realizing that people hold like subconscious beliefs that sometimes play out in their body, right? Mm -hmm. With headaches or backaches, I think back, Backs going out is a big one, like all different things. And um, I always thought it was so curious that there's not doctors that can really diagnose it, but it's really, here's a pill. This will help with your pain, Mm -hmm. but how the pain started Mm -hmm. to get there. Do you find that people don't really understand functional medicine or they're a little bit leery because they've been a part of the system. I'm talking about patients, been a part of the system for so long that they're like, hey, I, I need a pill or I need a like something to fix it. And it, I don't want it to be me. Right. You know? right. So, <laughs> so especially in America and in Western civilization, we're trained that and that there is a pill for an ill. And therefore, and the system is really, it creates an addiction because it's like you're dependent on, you don't even want to know, you know, even though you, most people know what uh, like a whole diet is supposed to look like, you know, uh, a type of diet that's more healthy is supposed to look like, Um, but it's like denial, denial, like throw it, throw it you know, throw it away and just give me a pill so I can keep my life going in the same dysfunctional way that it's going. Um, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. So in America, we're so trained into actually, you know, in the Flexner report back in the 1940s, the wealthy families of the country, like the Rockefellers and these people, they knew they were going to industrialize uh, medicine and they, yes. So they started forming the medical schools at that time. And they based the medical schools on prescribing medications because they wanted to be able to make money off of the situation. So we have a medical industrial complex that's based on what happened with the Flexner report back in the 1940s. So now, you know, it's, it's just really ingrained in our culture and in our society. Whereas like in other countries, like um, in continents like Asia and Africa, mm-hmm. where there's not as much uh, resources that are industrialized. So there's not so many medications. There's not so, you know, they're not dependent on that. And they know they have to eat a certain way. They have yeah. to sleep and they have to take care of their bodies, right? Yeah. We, we have forgotten that. Our bodies actually are innately like programmed to want healthy food to, you know, so we are right. going into denial mode, like looking for pills. So yeah, but I, I also I was I was in agriculture in the food system before I created this, mm-hmm. and I learned in that role that it's very deliberate what the food 
industry is doing to make our bodies crave things, to make our bodies want more. And they're setting up almost this addiction like it process. Is, it is an addiction. Yeah. There are so, flavor factories in New Jersey producing flavors for all these different companies to incorporate into their food so that they can be addicting. But even um, even in in agriculture, I learned like when I grew up, it was a doc. It was an apple a day kept the doctor away. Mm -hmm. And um, when I read the science when I was in it, and this was before I started this about eight years ago, it was actually three apples a day had the same nutritional value as our old food did. That we have actually farmed out nutritional value. Um, and, um, some of, some of the nutrients that our bodies need. So a lot of times when we're hungry, we're actually looking for the nutrient that is missing. We're not hungry That's for like a bag of potato chips. That's absolutely right? correct. Yeah. And also the medications and the pesticides and things that they use on growing the food. Yeah actually poisoning us and causing us to have deficiencies of nutrients and causing changes in our microbiome. So Absolutely. the ag system is hand in hand with the pharmaceutical system. And it's almost like the pharma system makes solutions for what the ag creates, what the agricultural system in the United States creates. Right, right. Mm -hmm. they're, they're definitely in cahoots because I was there. I worked on the organic label. And um, that was my my piece of it and learning about genetically modified foods and, and how they work in our bodies. And, and I don't eat corn anymore because of the way that's raised. <laughs> and, yeah. And there's a lot of things I don't put in my body now because I'm so aware. I, I actually have a lot of um, hypersensitivities to things, but I've known that my whole life. So I've always been very careful. But once I realized what's in things it was a little bit easier for me but um very interesting i just came back from um england mm. and how different their food was mm -hmm. and they're not allowed to advertise to people f about medications and they do have a more to me it seemed just from billboards i didn't i wasn't sick there it seemed like a more natural approach to everything and one of the things we uh really noticed is that their snack food they had a lot of sugar like mm -hmm. chocolates and candy but they didn't have bagged like doritos and chips and oh yeah you know, they don't have that stuff and even if we we got some because we wanted to taste it it didn't have like salt content or something like we literally ate this and went this is not satisfying at all like what's in this <laughs> It was a very curious little thing we did. <laughs> like, this isn't and very good. The other, the other EU countries are actually way better than the UK. The I UK, believe it. The UK is closer to what it is here. But, like, if you go to France or Spain or Italy or Greece, like, uh, their standards are higher. They don't allow, like, glyphosates or pesticides. Yeah. In their foods, Yeah. It freaks my patients out when they go and they can eat, you know, corn or eat or uh, gluten bread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we monocrop here and people didn't. I, I learned all of this in agriculture that um, mm -hmm. wheat allergies here didn't exist in a lot of places because of the way we've monocropped over the years or yeah. things that um, I just knew from my own allergies that I wasn't allergic to that now I've become allergic to mm -hmm. is usually because they've changed a process or a seed along mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's, yep. Yeah.
It's so, it's so interesting. So love it. So I'm curious as integrated or functional medicine, are you considered like part of the medical system? Does insurance cover you? Or do people Not necessarily? Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. But I have cousins that live in California. Yeah. Theirs is covered. Everything's covered. They have a conventional, they can have a conventional primary and then they can have a functional medicine doctor. I did not know that. A TCM doctor or an integrative doctor along with their conventional doctor. And I had one of the cousins got ca uh, cancer. Uh -huh. um, and so he had to, you know, get, well, he decided to get chemotherapy and other therapies and it kind of wrecked his body. And then he wanted to go and get an unconventional evaluation of his brain and other things uh, done, and they paid for all of it through his oh. his insurance. Paid for every single last thing. They didn't have to pay out of pocket for anything. Oh, that's good. That was on the East Coast. Not that way at all. <laughs> well, I know every state is different because I know. Um, I think Arizona and Oregon have more flexibility. And Connecticut. Well, Connecticut allows naturopathic doctors which I know is different because they have a but, school in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, right. So I know they allow it. And, but in where I live in the state of New Jersey, nothing. I once called looking for an integrative medicine or functional medicine doctor. And they're like, we don't know what that is. I'm like, yeah, of, I used to of course in, you don't. <laughs> I used to live in uh, South Orange. <gasps> oh yes, we did have that. I grew up in the Caldwells. Oh, okay. Bluefield Avenue from you. Yeah. Yeah. My so, parents are from East Orange. Oh, okay. But yeah. what I found is that New Jersey, New Jersey is really not friendly to functional and integrative medicine. And as a result of that, you would think there would be lots of people that you could go to in Northern New Jersey, but they're not. Nope. It's, mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult in New Jersey. So uh, you also mentioned that you have a virtual practice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which I, I wasn't aware of. So are there any limits to what you can do? So there are limits that are being set back in place now, post okay. Yeah, Everything was free and open, you know. Um, once the pandemic hit, they really opened things up on telemedicine. Um, but now what's happening is that the insurance companies are cutting it back. There are mostly monetary reasons why they yeah. want this to happen. Yeah, it's complicated, but you know you can listen to, to stories on NPR and other news stations about yeah. it. You want to find out more information about that. But yeah, there and the patients are not happy about this, I... especially people like my parents who live in rural areas. Um, they have to drive a couple of hours to get to a specialist. Yeah, so it, it's difficult. Uh, yeah. it's it's, it's making uh access for people uh regardless of race like difficult mm -hmm. yeah i i know um it happened to my kids and i know it's happening to others as well that over the pandemic they were allowed to see their therapists or coaches over um uh, virtually over zoom and then it stopped Mm -hmm. So now they have to find new therapists when they're at college, but then they come back and they can see the one here because it's the only way insurance will pay for it mm -hmm. is if you keep switching off. Like when you're there, you have to get someone there, but when you're, so it doesn't allow them to keep their same doctors. 
Yeah, and scary. Uh, mental health situation, because yes. uh, I worked part-time for a mental health telehealth company um, up until about six months ago. And it's it's a severe shortage. Mm. Yeah. Both therapists and psychiatrists. And I don't I don't really understand why they won't allow the telemedicine to continue because just like you were saying, college students is an access issue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gotta be money. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer, but it's gotta be money. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It All right. Be, but it's sad uh, because yeah. a lot of people are dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very sad situation. So um, I, I'm, I'm curious with, um, with your practice being a doctor, mm-hmm. it sounds like, that you've gotten frustrated along the way and that's where you've done this. Do you feel that other doctors, even people going to medical school today will someday get this new type of training that I believe is so important, right? About root cause about, because I know in the system right now, you have specialists in all these areas and then they don't speak to each other. Right, right. Well, well, different models are being introduced now. And I know like at University of Arizona, I think at Kansas, at UCLA, they have uh, fellowships uh, that people can do in integrative and slash functional medicine. So it's possible for people that are in residency to do rotations to get exposure. And uh, I would say that the millennials and the generation below them seem to be much more interested in natural types of medicine and helping people to get off of medications um, and the whole model. Like they're questioning the whole model. Many of them have infertility and they know that it's the toxicity of the environment, (laughs) air, the water, right? So yeah our pesticides our herbicides i mean if it's killing yeah Yeah. especially with like pesticides what we glyphosate right it's an endocrine disruptor we know and um if it's making bugs yeah if it's making bugs infertile mass amounts of that (laughs) It builds up in our systems and our microbiomes, and we're like, is we could talk about this forever, but glyphosates yeah. are actually antibiotics, which most people don't know, and so the antibiotics kill off the microbes in the gut, and that really just disrupts your immune system, not to mention everything else. But yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. whoo, oh my yeah, yeah, massive, massive. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about your writing for us in the book and talking about your success. When I first, actually, you were referred to us by another author. That's how you found us, right? I didn't find you. You found us. No, it was strange. Yeah. You guys, you guys, I bumped into you guys on LinkedIn, I think, or either mm-hmm. Facebook. It might yeah, have been LinkedIn, LinkedIn, I think. And then uh, you guys messaged me and my friend was already in your project, but we didn't know, she didn't know, we didn't know until literally that day that you guys were like, okay, send me whatever you asked me for. And then I talked to her and we were like, which book project are you doing? And that's when we, and cause she was asking me the, oh. the night before she was like, do you need me to refer you? 
And I said, I don't think so. It seems like it's going fine. And I said, give me another few days. <laughs> and then everything worked out. But yeah, we. I didn't know that part. In parallel. Yeah. But we work together a lot. So it's very interesting. Oh, I didn't know that as well. I knew I just figured you were friends. I didn't realize that you also work together. Yeah, we that have a weight, we have a what we call a weight liberation program going. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's called Be You to the Fullness. And it's a different approach. So yeah, it's not the typical weight loss. Um it's, you want to tell us you want to tell us about it you could plug it go ahead okay okay and sansa's you do this with sansa doc, yeah. dr yeah. sansa curtis right curtis yep yes um and she's a naturopathic doctor yep and uh so we're encouraging people to do things the healthy way so not only are they and and teaching them how you want to lose weight you don't just want to lose weight you want to lose body fat right so, and when you're perimenopausal and menopausal, it's important to maintain your lean body mass, if not increase it. So that's the main focus. And in the process of doing that, you, you know, if you're on cholesterol medicine, high blood pressure, it'll fall off to the wayside because you're optimizing your body, right? right. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Learn yeah. more about that. Awesome. So um, why, when you found out about this book project? did you decide to do it well i had been wanting to get involved with writing a book and i'm actually working on my own book now Woo uh, so yeah so this was kind of a stepping stone i was like oh mm -hmm. this would be a good you know introduction to what it takes and then i can embark on my own book mm -hmm. yeah and how did you find the process of writing um i found it Pretty good. I had taken a course before on automatic okay. writing, like um, doing meditation and then just start writing. Uh huh. One morning I just woke up. I had the assignment that you all gave. And so one morning I just woke up and wrote like 5,000 words, I think. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, and then I just used some of that material. Yeah. But I will say I appreciated the organization and also the prompts and the different mm -hmm. webinars that were helpful so mm -hmm. yeah awesome thank you thank you um so what is it that you love most about your work oh well i love most about my work helping people to reach their health goals and being able to see them actually realize those health goals and mm. come back and say, you changed my life or, you know, and then I have to correct them and say, you changed your own life. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I love it's that. gratifying to see the numbers actually go down and see people, you know, their, their complexion changes, maybe yeah. their hair starts going back or whatever, you know, it's just great. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. And what is the name of your chapter? So my chapter is probably a little atypical, but it's called uh, God, my guides and my grandma's brought me here. I love that. I love that. I can't I can't wait to read it. Um, I for the, our listeners, I do not read their chapters before this interview. <laughs> so uh, so I'm as surprised as you are. 
Um, I do read it before it goes to publication, but not before I interview you. So um, um, how can people get in touch with you or learn more about you and your work and your programs? So I'm currently offering uh, free consultations that are 10 or 15 minutes, and they can go to my website, treatyourselftohealthallspelledout.com and click on the schedule um, or the learn more about me um, and you can schedule. I think it's actually HTTPS, the slash slash and then treatyourselftohealth.com slash backslash schedule. Um, and yeah, they can schedule a 10 minute or, or they can schedule a deeply discounted 30 minute. Uh, they can also catch me on my YouTube channel at um, treat yourself to help. And, um, you know, there are different videos on there about various things. I have an orientation video that kind of tells you how my practice works. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And all of those links will mm -hmm. be in our show notes. Mm -hmm. So we will add them. So if you're listening to this, you can um, check out our show notes and find out more. I want to thank you so much for being a part of our book and a part of this podcast. I'm so excited to read your chapter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and having such great questions. I enjoyed talking to you today. You as well. All right. Thank you listeners for joining us as well. For more information about the Soul Professional Movement, you can go to soulprofessional.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Natural Life Business Partnership, a global professional organization and business incubator for the soul-aligned entrepreneur. If you live in a higher vibration, have an alternative approach to business, and want to help repair the world, join us for our next meet and greet to learn more about our organization. You can go to soul professional.com for the next date. Thank you again.